Today is the first episode in my summer series titled Bible Basics for Everyone, and today's topic is Bible translations. As you may know, in addition to teaching church finances, I also own a Christian bookstore, and we have people come in almost on a daily basis that are looking for their first Bible, and when we ask what translation they're looking for, they say English. So I know that this is a topic that can be helpful to many. Even if you're a Bible aficionado, you may hear something today that you can share with others. I'll provide you a link later on in the episode to get a copy of the information shared because there is just too much good stuff to try and take notes today. But as always, here's our episode quote to kick us off. This is from Mr. James Merritt, author of the 52 Weeks with Jesus book. He says, the primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God. And I absolutely agree. So I'm excited about this one. I'm right on in. Okay. So as a reminder, today's episode title is Bible Translations. Which one is right for me? And I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the different types of Bible translations that there are and then give you some examples of the most popular translations in that category. Okay. So we're going to start off with a literal or what they call a word for word translation. These are translations that strive to be as literal of a translation as possible. So what that basically means is they tried through when the translators were going through the manuscripts, they tried to translate each word written in the manuscript into the English equivalent. Okay. So some of the Bibles that fall in the word for word translation are the most popular is the King James. Contrary to popular belief, the King James or the KJV was not the first Bible translation, nor was it the first Bible printed in the English language. The Tyndale New Testament and the Geneva Bible predate the KJV. However, the King James is the oldest of the most popular translations still currently sold. Another fact that many don't know is that it is not the actual original version printed in 1611. The typeset at that time was in a Gothic style and the spelling was a Jacobian style, which basically means it was difficult to read for 21st century English readers. Some examples are that in the type, the machine, the printing machines that they had, they used the letter U for the V and then they used the V for the U. They used a double V for the W. They used I for J and long S letters looked similar to F letters. And then like son is in the son of God was spelled S-O-N-N-E. We do carry in the bookstore copies of the original 1611 for people who just really want that one. And as soon as you open it, you can see there is a huge difference in that. Some people can't read it at all. Some people claim they can read it just fine. And that is hunky-dory if that's what they want, okay? So the version sold now is actually an updated 1769 version that corrected the spelling of those letters that were reversed so that we could read it today. The King James Version of the Bible is the most widely printed and distributed version of the Bible as it is in the public domain in the U.S. And therefore, it's not subject to publishing rights, so anybody can print it and they don't have to pay royalties to another. That's why you find so many different translations and so many types in stores across the United States. Okay, This translation is considered a 12th grade reading level and it is used by adults who prefer the English found in the older versions. The next word-for-word -word translation is the New King James. 
This translation came about in 1982. It is based upon the King James Version and the same text used to translate the KJV. So it still has the structure, the beauty, and the poetry of the King James Version, but it's easier to read. And here's just a practical example. Like if you go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19a, in the King James Version, it reads, And he saith unto them. But in the New King James, it reads, Then he said to them. All right. There is, it does not change the meaning of the sentence. It doesn't take away from the King James. It just makes it easier to say. Because how many times in a conversation do you seriously say, I saith unto them, you know, you know, you say, I said to them. Okay. So another really cool feature of the New King James that I personally love is that all references to divinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are capitalized. Um, to me, that's just really cool when I'm reading. Um, the first time I noticed it is in Genesis when God says, let us make man in our image. The U in us and the O in our are capitalized. So you know that God is referring to himself in the, the three parts of the Trinity. All right. So the New King James, this translation is considered a ninth grade reading level. So you can see it's a little easier to read than the King James because it doesn't have what I call those tongue tied words. So many words that end in ETH. OK, um, and this is for also for people who like the style of the King James, but without the old English wording. I will say that the New King James is my favorite translation. All right, the next word for word translation is the New American Standard Bible, or what some refer to as the NASB, the NASB. This one Bible was originally translated in 1971, and then it was revised in 1995, and again most recently in the year 2020. It's another word-for-word translation of the Bible and is considered an 11th grade reading level. This version is translated from different manuscripts than the King James and the New King James, including the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that was cool. And the NASB is another translation that capitalizes all references to divinity. And as you know, I am a follower and lover of Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley preached from he preached from the King James for quite a while and then he changed to the New American Standard. All right. And then the last word for word translation that I'll touch on is the ESV. The ESV came about in 2011 or excuse me 2001 and is considered to be on an 8th grade reading level. This version is picking up popularity among youths and adults and it is a modern version written in the tradition of the King James version. And it is theologically a very conservative translation. The ESV is put out by Crossway Publishers, and they're the only ones that can print the ESV currently. Okay, so that is four Bibles in the word-for-word -word translation. So now let's move to, you've got word-for-word, -word, which is where they strive for a literal translation as possible, to what they call a dynamic or thought-for-thought -thought translation. And these Bibles seek to express the meaning within the text. The most popular by far in this category is the New Living Translation or the NLT. In my store, this is the second best-selling translation after the King James, which is really weird because they are literally total opposites of on the spectrum of easeability in reading, right? 
So this translation was written in 1996 and revised again in 2004. People loved the Living Bible, which we'll talk about later, um, which is a paraphrase written in 1971, but they wanted an actual translation, okay? So the NLT was created to provide an easy to read modern translation that is an actual translation. As I told you all ago, the New King James is my favorite translation, but there are, there's a new Bible came out um, called um, the Immerse Bible. And we'll talk about this actually on the next episode, but I'm reading through it just to get, um, to get a feel so I can explain, recommend, you know, something if I want to. And as I'm reading through this, this reads literally like me and you standing here having a conversation. It's that easy to understand. So as I'm reading through my this translation here, I'm like, that is not what the Bible says. So of course, I've got my New King James sitting right beside me and I pull it out and I look at the chapter and verse and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, same exact meaning as in the New King James, but they put it in such simple language that you either get it or it's one of those verses that normally you would just read right past. You don't see the significance in it, but in the New Living Translation, it just jumps out to me. So that has been really cool. Um, okay, so the next category is going to be a balanced or a mix of the two, a mix of the word for word and the thought for thought. And there are two Bibles in this category that we'll discuss. The first is the New International Version or the NIV. This Bible actually states that it is a balance between the word-for-word -word and thought-for-thought -thought Bible. Originally translated in 1978, it was revised in 1984, and the 84 edition became the best-selling translation until the 2000s, when they tried a failed revision in 2005 called the TNIV, which, by the way, bookstores refused to carry. That's why it failed, because it was so awful. And then they did another revision in 2011. Amongst the revisions, the newest version uses more gender-neutral and inclusive language. All right. So just to give you an example, in the 1984 version of the NIV, Mark chapter 4, verse 25 says, Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. The 2011 version replaces the he in him, where it says what he has will be taken away from him and instead puts they and them, even what they have will be taken from them, all right? In this particular sentence, you don't think it's going to be that big a deal, but sometimes it is a big deal. So due to this change, sales of the NIV in some areas greatly decreased, and as a result, translations like the ESV really took off because it was more of a word for word. It's a very conservative translation and people just didn't like the NIV. Okay. And then the next one in the balanced is the CSB, which is one of the newest translations. And that's the Christian Standard Bible. It was translated in 2017 and it was a work of Lifeway Christian Resources of the Southern Baptist Convention and it had 100 translators from 17 denominations. And their goal was to create a translation using what they call optimal equivalence, a translation philosophy that pursues both linguistic precision to the original language and readability in contemporary English. 
Basically, those are fancy, big, long words to say word for a balance between word for word and thought for thought. Okay. All right. So this translation is written on a 7.5 grade reading level. Um, we're finding that this translation is currently most popular in Southern Baptist churches. And part of that is because Lifeway Christian Resources uh, owns the translation. They print the Bible and it's used in all of their uh, curriculum and material set, Lifeway prints. Okay. So the last category is a paraphrase. Now, a paraphrase takes the meaning of a verse or passage of scripture, and it attempts to express the meaning in plain language. Essentially, the words the author of the paraphrase would use to say the same thing. So there are two Bibles in this category. The first one is The Message, which you've probably heard of. This paraphrase came out in 2002. The author is Eugene Peterson, and it's written on a sixth grade reading level. So you can see the difference between King James up here on the 12th grade, you got your NASB on your 11th grade, and your uh, New King James on your 9th grade, where you've got The Message down here on a sixth grade reading level. Mr. Peterson's purpose in writing this paraphrase was for it to be used for devotional reading. He even said that he felt uneasy about its use in worship and personally still preferred the originals in his devotions. Some verses in the message are paraphrased really cool and it helps you to get a deeper meaning in the verse, but some of them are way off, okay? So the message Bible should not be used for Bible study, but as an aid to understanding the traditional Bible translations. Or if you just want to read without studying, um, you know, in your personal devotional time, you can use the message. And like I said, some of the verses are really cool, but some of them are like, eh, eh, he got that one wrong. Okay. The next paraphrase is the Living Bible. And according to Bible Gateway, the Living Bible is a paraphrase of the Old and New Testaments. Its purpose is to say as exactly as possible what the writers of the scriptures meant and to say it simply, expanding where necessary for a clear understanding by the modern reader. Ken Taylor, who wrote the Living Bible, out of a deep desire for his children to understand God's word, and this paraphrase of scripture has sold more than 40 million copies, okay? Now remember, I mentioned the Living Bible earlier, that's where the New Living Translation came from because people, evidently, these 40 million people loved this Living Bible paraphrase so much, but they wanted an actual translation. So that's where the New Living Translation came from. And also notably, Dr. Charles Stanley, who you know I love, he used this one as his devotional Bible for years. All right, so many people use paraphrases as their reading Bible, preferring to read straight through as like a novel would read. This can be particularly helpful in long passages such as um, those found in the book of Genesis, First uh, and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, where it can get, you know, kind of like at some point it starts to turn into Charlie Brown's teacher, want, 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 want. Well, reading it more in a paraphrase just kind of helps take some of that want, want out and you're better able to keep your focus. <laughs> no disrespect to the scriptures, Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, so most people would like to use the paraphrases again as the reading Bible, but then they use the actual translations such as the New American Standard, the New King James and the NIV for their in-depth reading and study. All right. Now I'm going to preface this last part with, um, this is my 
not just my personal opinion, but this is the experience that I have had as a bookstore owner, as someone who is has a deep love and respect for the Word of God, which is actually the name of my store, is called Word of God because I love the scripture so much, okay? But I'm going to touch on something new that's out, and it's called the Passion Translation, or the TPT, as they refer to it. All right. I had never heard of this um, until we, until 2019, when we reopened the store and we started having people call and ask about this. And I'm like, what on earth is the Passion Translation? I have never heard of this. Um, I go to church every week. I still read my Bible. I keep up with stuff, you know, but so we ordered some of these in. Um, and then I started doing some research and we shipped them right back out. Okay. So the passion translation is in essence, a reworded and rewritten Bible. Apparently it was intended to support a particular strain of theology called the new apostolic reformation theology. And it appears to be deliberately written in order to promote it as the primary, um, author of this translation again not a team of translators like all the other valid translations but one single person his name was brian simmons um this particular translation has caused so much controversy that the work was removed from bible gateway in february of 2022 due to the questionability surrounding it okay it is called the bible translation but i use that term loosely because many consider it, it's actually just a paraphrase. It's not an actual translation. It is this man's personal opinion inserting his personal theology from his personal experiences that he said he has had. Um, and it includes additions that do not appear in the actual manuscripts. All right, one pastor actually stated there are just too many additions to the text that have no basis in the original, as certain passages in the TPT are twice as long in other translations. And this, it's not even an, an entire Bible. Um, he's picked and chosen certain books of the Bible that he quote-unquote translates. He has done a New Testament, but the other books of the Bible are just pick and choose. Um, if you are interested in learning more about this, I have included links in the show notes for resources about this particular work, including there's an entire YouTube series from Mr. Mike Winger, who's a pastor who teaches through his online ministry called The Bible Thinker. And this video series examines the TPT, and it has drawn over 1 million views on YouTube. All right. So this guy has done his homework you are going to hear stuff and see stuff that he has verified that Mr. Simmons has said, that Mr. Simmons claims, and it just is what it is. So Winger has called out Simmons for bringing in large amounts of material that really have no presence in the Greek or the Hebrew. Um, and the words that he's adding are particular words that are part of a hyper-charismatic signs and wonders movement words that are about imparting and triggering and unleashing and releasing so to finish off my personal opinion on this item based on the information that i just gave and additional research that i've done i agree with what the website gotquestions.com says and they say the passion translation is not to be trusted 
Therefore, we do not sell this in our store and I won't even order it in for individuals. And I do tell them why. I don't go into this long of a discourse, but I do give them a brief summary of things that cause me to not trust this. So don't just take my word for it. Do your own research. Check out the links that I've attached in the show notes. Then let Holy Spirit guide you. And in addition, I have created a beautiful PDF with a summary of the information provided today for your use. So simply go to churchfinances.ck.page forward slash translations to get your copy. And again, this link will be in the show notes. And that's going to be a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful to you. The Word of God is the most valuable physical item that we have ever been given people, okay? Please take the time daily to read it. It will change your life in a way that no self-help book or even a fantastic podcast like this one can, (laughs) okay? So again, I'll put all the information, all of the links, um, even the link where you can download a copy of this um, today in the show notes, so check those out. And in next week's episode, I will be covering the different types of Bibles that are available. Today we cover translations, but there are different types of Bibles. And we need to know which one will help you to learn the Word of God best. So I look forward to our time together next week. And until next time, my friend, strive to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show and then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.